0: Hello, you are welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. This Sunday, Apostle begins a new series called The Zealous Ones. Today, Apostle begins by teaching us to never lag in zeal and to keep aglow and burning in the spirit. He goes on to teach us that zeal can be directed either towards what is right or what is wrong and is reflected by what we choose to focus on and pursue. Here comes your word. You might want to grab your Bibles, pens and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed.
1: We are starting uh, a new series. Now I would need you to really be taking notes because for this series it won't be every week. I think there should be about two, two gaps. Next week I'll be on the Copper belt for a conference and I'm doing this in advance so that you don't feel cheated when you come and you don't find me but not the words when you come. I shouldn't have any situation where somebody missed because i wasn't there then you really need to grow up if that's the case so next week i'll be on the copper belt but there'll be a powerful sermon i think pastor Cho will be ministering next week and, and then in november uh, one of the weeks i may not be around because i'll be attending uh, I'm yet to get confirmation, but should there be a birthday service for my man of God, then I will not be around that week, okay? But otherwise, we're dealing with something, and the aim of this uh, topic that we're dealing with is to squeeze out the best of you, even as this year is coming to an end, to squeeze out the best of you. There's still a lot that you can achieve this year, but also in preparation for the next year. for this is preparation for the ministry at large preparation for you as an individual uh, people who say nothing changes with a year should you've not met me <laughs> uh, i actually believe that god is the one who created time haven't you seen that in the book of genesis is that chapter 8 8 11 22 you love it Let's go to it. Genesis 8 22. I wait for your signal. Do I continue or do I switch? Okay, I'll continue for a short while. Genesis eight, verse twenty two. Do we have it? It better be the one jungle. I have trusted. Hey, come on. <laughs> okay, can I have it in the King James? James, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, not cease. What's that simply showing you seasons? Now interestingly, it says seed time and harvest. Now, the biggest trouble is when you expect harvest, but you never do seed time. You never do seed time. And if you've got a bank account that you keep withdrawing from withdrawing and withdrawing, but you never deposit, you might have some trouble. What am I trying to say? The reason we're doing these teachings is we're making an investment into your heart. The word is a seed. Don't forget that the word is a seed. We can plant it and it produces trees. The word is a seed. Never forget that. And so, I want you to understand that as time keeps going by, everything the Lord has been communicating to us has got something to do with an increase. It's got something to do with an increase. And um, I would like us to take a look at First Peter. Actually, Second Peter chapter number 1. And verse two, second Peter chapter One and verse two, blessings and blessings are we there? Second Peter chapter one and verse two, and I would like it from the King James, so I want us to understand this um Says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. How many of us would like grace to increase in our lives? We're being shown how, right? Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Let's go on. I'll give you the title soon. According as His divine power hath given to us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Now, hold on. Life and godliness. Notice it says is given to us all things that pertain to life. In short, God doesn't want just one area of your life to be working. Don't you remember in John ten ten, 10? The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. And you observe that the thief also targets every area. But Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. In short, ministry should be, should be flourishing. Socially, because we are social beings, we should be flourishing. Economically, we should be flourishing. And every other area you can think of that's good, you should be flourishing. And God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things. How again? Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. So, you know, when we talk about all things being in us, many other the times we think, like, okay, you know what? If we're going to open, let's say Deacon Lastens up, like unzip, and then like a house will just like fall out, and then a cow will fall out. But it's not like that. <laughs> it's not like that. It's actually packaged a certain way. Haven't you noticed that without a certain packaging, a computer is just a screen? Observe something. There's the hardware part of course which is dealt with. But really, if you're going to have certain functionalities, It's supposed to be some good software. God doesn't just work on your hardware. He works on your software. And the functionalities are actually wrapped up usually in the software. My goodness, I hope we understand what software and hardware are. Software is where that's soft. Like when you touch it, it feels quite soft. And then for hardware, my goodness, it's even difficult to carry it. It feels hard. How many of you have ever touched software in your life? Like you're touching, it, like okay, right now, uh, team, what software are we using to project the scriptures? Easy Word. How many of you have touched Easy Word before? Like right now, I'm touching Easy Word. Okay, let's try a better one. What what software are you using on your phone right now? Which Android? Mine think is what Android 10. Uh, what Android software are you using? You find it, we are in the same room. Someone is using Android 7, another one Android 10, right? Does iPhone have a software? iOS or something like that does techno have a software. <laughs> Android? What about itel? Itel also has a software. Okay. But how many of you have actually touch the software, saying, here is the software? How many of Okay, interesting. But then you get to interact with it through its functionalities. And constantly you upgrade it. Now, interestingly, we are told that all things have been given to us through the knowledge. This all things has been packaged in this thing called the knowledge of God. Because the knowledge of God is different from the knowledge you have in the senses. That's why Paul prays that they may know. Pope is about the knowledge that surpasses all knowledge. It's packaged. It's packaged. It's packaged within you. And so, as we bring out the word, and the word interacts with it, you know what happens? Faith is imparted in you. And faith is the substance of things hoped for. Let's continue whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine name having escaped the corruption in the world through lust and we're told something uh-huh. and beside this giving all diligence add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge we are actually told what to start doing now you have to add to it virtue has to do with excellence An excellent man is excellent in all things. But that's not today's topic. I want to tell you something that must certainly be added to your faith. Because listen, if grace increases there must be increased labor. Are you aware of that? Increased grace must increase works. Now I know someone will be saying, apostle, works and grace. Exactly. Grace actually produces works. Our Father is always working. Jesus was always working. Except we from a place of rest. Now look at 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10. Look at what the Apostle Paul says. He says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And that grace was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than them all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. So grace can come to you and can be in vain. You know, in, in case you're seated over there, I think in one day, somehow you enter heaven and you'd have fulfilled your destiny. Without some applied effort. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. Who knows? Maybe some tears might have to be wiped out. You know how every tear will be wiped out from their eyes, right? Who knows? Maybe some of the tears won't really be tears of someone hurt you or something like that. Maybe some of them will be tears of shame because you will see what you have been and realize you weren't that. That shall not be your story. I want you to say, I'll be the I'll be God's best version of me. So always grow into the best version of you. Praise God. You know. By the time it's twenty twenty-one, my goodness, where I'll be. But before we actually go there, by the time next week <laughs> with the investment I'm planning to make it myself, where I'll be. Praise God. If you don't interact with something, you won't grow in it. For example, I've noticed that many people have become very good at video editing with their phones how many of you are able to edit videos with your phones raise your hand how many are able to edit videos with your phones like you can make some nice This yes, church you're not on tiktok how many of you raise your hands let me see you can like make, make good videos with your phones are you aware i have no idea what to even download to do that i'm spoiled because i've got a team I only downloaded the video editing software once. I was threatening them. They didn't make something for so me. I downloaded and sent them a screen grab. No, I've downloaded. I'm just going to buy a manual and start learning. No, pastor. Pastor, we have edited. <laughs> <laughs> no idea how to interact with Photoshop, to be honest. But then, the more somebody interacts with something, that's why you find somebody may be a parent, they bought the phone they own the phone, they are six year old teaches them how to use it there's an interaction they have and we'll be dealing with a very very important topic. let's go to Romans 12 verse 11 and we're going to read it from the Let's have the New King James. Romans twelve verse eleven. Amplified is the way that Amplified puts it. Huh. One, two, three, read. One, two, three, read. Wait, 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 wait! There are those people who are not reading. You think I can? I can see you. One, two, three. Read.
0: Ha! Yeah, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Ha! Hold
1: on. Look at that. Do you know what a lag is? It's when there's a difference yesterday i was watching something something sports related now i was using my phone and there was a point where there was a lack of coordination between the sound and the photos maybe because of my internet some of us experience this we even to complain during the live services we can't see yeah you find how many of you ever watched a movie or anything online and there's a lack how is it like like the person is talking, you can't hear anything. When they're quiet, then you're hearing the sound. It's, it's so strange. And then we're being taught, never lag in zeal. That, that area you must never lag. There must never be a lag. And when there's a lag, there'll be something discoordinated about how you do things. And it says, and in any endeavor, be aglow. You know that person that's always on fire. They're always burning. They're always burning. These ones are the burning ones. It says, "Be a glow." There will never be a glow. And it says, "Burning with the spirit." Burning with the spirit, serving the Lord. Now, for Paul to write this, not as a prayer point, but as an instruction. You know, here he was giving instructions. How many of you have read this portion of scripture? Because he was teaching them how to live with others, as far as it concerns. Uh, Be at peace with everyone. Don't revenge. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. You know those scriptures sometimes we don't like reading. eh? If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If your enemy is thirsty, give him something to drink. Then I'm sure the part others like is by doing so, you'll be heaping cause of burning fire on his head. Your your motive shouldn't be to heap the cause of burning fire. (laughs) And it says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Praise God. So he was giving this as an instruction. That shows you something. That there is actually something you can deliberately do about zeal. It wasn't a prayer point. It was an instruction. (laughs) Praise God. And it also shows you something. You can lag in zeal. You can lag in zeal. And so this series is entitled, The Zealous Ones. Praise (laughs) God. And we are raising a zealous church. Okay. Now, as I'll get to show you in the coming weeks, when we're dealing with zeal, today I'm really just introducing. We can put in many categories, but some of them we can give. zero for God. zero for God's house. You know, everything that has to do with God. You can be zealous over a person. You can be zealous over people. You can also be zealous over life. There is also zeal for life. And many of us are struggling in this area, zeal for life. There's a lag. If all you have is zeal for God, but you don't have zeal for life, you will struggle with manifesting dominion here on earth. You'll always be thinking of, I wish I was in heaven. But then Jesus tells you to pray, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You live the rest of your life when you're in heaven. And as much as we should have a burning desire for heaven, the balance is, do you remember when the Apostle Paul was writing to the church uh, when he was debating with himself about whether he should die or not? How many of you remember that? You've read that, right? Where he said, I'm caught in between. Whether to go and be with the Lord or to stay and be with you, should I die? Should I not die? You don't remember that. Do you remember when Peter actually wrote to the church and he tells them, I ah, know uh, the Lord has actually communicated that I'm, I'll be shedding this tent soon. So I thought I should remind you of ABCD. Maybe soon we'll be ready for that teaching. Maybe soon we'll be ready for that. You know what verse I pray when I'm praying for you? You want to hear it? I always pray, the one in Isaiah. This is just, no, it should be in the 30s. I always pray. What it says when one would die at a hundred, people would be shocked. That's the prayer I pray over you you've got too much work, I'm not ready to lose any of you. None of you is going. So you better have zeal for life. because <laughs> no, I'm, I'm telling you, you better have zeal for life. Because clearly, you're not going anywhere. And if you're listening to me, and perhaps that's what I've been struggling with. Zeal for life. Zeal for living. You came at the right time. Praise God. Now, you don't have to suffer burnout. Don't. I'm telling you. And this teaching is perhaps needed more than ever. Because you find people suffering burnout at 14 years old. I'm telling you, 15 years old, someone is in a midlife crisis. It's very possible. And Even in sociology, if you've studied sociology, one of the studies actually reveals that when society starts becoming very fast, people easily become in a crisis. We'll look at some of the reasons later. One of them is the issue of comparing. As much as we say, don't compare, it's very difficult to not compare. Let's be honest. I don't know if, maybe some of you are overholy, you've never compared in your life. Praise the Lord for you. How many of us can literally, how many of you agree with me that sometimes it's difficult not to compare? The rest of you have never compared before. Grace and peace be multiplied. (laughs) (laughs) It's not so easy to not compare. Praise the Lord. And worse off, we've got social media now. You've got everyone to compare to. The fact of the matter is, happy as many people are with the graduations that took place last week. There's somebody who, not that they are angry at anyone, but there's somebody who was reminded of the fact that they didn't make it. There's probably someone who was reminded of that fact. It's a fact. There's somebody who was reminded that they don't have a degree yet. As happy as, uh, you know how months like December, there are a lot of weddings. as (laughs) people of God, I'm trying to I'm trying to preach (laughs) okay, let's to the scriptures clearly are not ready for that point all I'm trying to say is that when we're dealing with the topic, we're going to get real we're going to get real (laughs) how many of you agree with me that sometimes it's difficult to not be jealous. If you don't attend to your heart, it's, it can if your heart leads you sometimes, it can easily lead you in its own way. You have to learn to lead it. No, you have to learn to lead it. Praise the Lord. I've been there before where church attendance was bad. All your pastor friends, their church attendance was good. They keep telling you how the Lord is so good <laughs> and how He's so faithful. <laughs> and merciful (laughs) and how people are just dreaming of their churches and coming Then you find that same week you did evangelism (laughs) and you're like I'm happy for you (laughs) they even call you pastor your prayers over me are (laughs) waking so we are going to get real so what is zeal? zeal is uh, I'll give you a definition It's a passionate adore in pursuit of something. Now I will break it down soon. It's more than enthusiasm. It actually lingers more on passion than enthusiasm. It's an eagerness of desire to accomplish or obtain some object. And it can be manifested in favor of something or in opposition to it. That's the reason we're doing a lot of teaching because zeal left unhandled can also be an issue. But you still need zeal. I want you to imagine this. We can't say that because people have mishandled their zeal, we shouldn't have zeal. It's like saying because people have mishandled their cars, we shouldn't have fuel. No, honestly, every car should have fuel for it to move. Others have used this so normally and have decided to be reckless. Others have added the knowledge and the skill of driving. But the fact of the matter is that you need fuel. Praise God. And zeal, I was thinking about it, it's it's a conditioning of yourself. It's 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 a predisposition. It's it's where you It informs your, you you know, your reality, your attitude towards something. And it releases energy towards what you're pursuing. It's where you condition yourself a certain way towards something. And because of that, there's energy that's released towards that thing. That energy can even fight off things that are against you. Zeal has taken me to uncomfortable places before. Zeal can take you to uncomfortable places. It can make you reach uncomfortable realms. How many of you are aware that I constantly do public speaking lessons? Not conducting them, I mean learning. How many of you are aware of that? sometimes i come to church and i look at all of you i'm thinking if how can i get to them okay improve reading the bible improve public speaking recently we we invested in material some of my top team know about that material invested in which i'm planning for the year and that material costs costed us about uh, over five thousand because I can't compare that to the fact that I need to study here and I need to teach you the truth from the scriptures. Zeal can, there's something it does to you. Praise God. There's something it does to you. It, it does something. It can produce this of productivity if handled well you know what productivity is it's the amount of output per unit of input so in short what you can produce in one hour can be very different from what the average person produces especially when this zeal is focused somewhere you'll see that when we go later on when you focus this zoo, it will help you even with issues like people who ask how do you handle your time how do you manage to do ABCD in 24 hours usually you may have to be focused on certain things for example if you're a student and you're not working as in you're just a full-time student sorry to say this but i would be amazed if your biggest complaint is that you don't have time to study Because, and if you don't train yourself now, and you know our plans for you as a ministry, you're done with that paper, and you go and start working, our plans for you is that while working you have to pursue your masters, right? You know that's our plan for you. I want you to manage it going from 8 to 17 and then having school, if you've not learned it now. I was at the University of Zambia. Majority of people just used to spend most of the day squatting each other. I don't know where they used to go. You come back in the night and you realize you've only got one hour. I'm under pressure, boy. I'm under pressure. And you buy red. I'm, I'm telling you, if you could take out some of the time you spent walking everywhere, you know the people who escort everyone. Everyone, they escort them. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And you find you've got 30 minutes left. And it's the day your assignment was due. An assignment you knew about three weeks ago. Come on. You have to focus that energy somewhere. Praise God. Now, here's what we must understand about zeal. Today I'm just telling you a few things the Bible tells us about zeal. Number one, zeal can be both negative or positive. Zeal can be both negative or positive. It's about how you direct it. I'll give you an example. Philippians 3. Let's go to Acts. Acts. Is it Acts 8? The conversion of Saul. Is it 8 or 9? Let's go to 8. Then we'll check 9. Now, Saul was consenting to his death. This is talking about Stephen, right? Stephen was, was, was stoned. And so, everyone put their shirts on, if you remember. Because you had to have someone for accountability. And he was consenting to his death at that time. A great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. They were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. So there was a great pres- persecution, which was collective, right? But look at Acts 9, from verse 1. Then so, I don't know why, have you, there was a difference between everyone else and this guy. so still breathing threats and murder against the disciple of the Lord, went to the high priest. The guy called for a meeting with the high priest. To meet the high priest in that day, you had to have a serious agenda. What was his agenda? And asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found anywhere of the way, because our faith was, the initial name is the way, right? In case I, I, there are people who think the oldest church is called this. The, no, no, the oldest church is called the way. So, that if we found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Him is him was bringing. Everyone else was saying, hey, away with the Christians, away with the Christians. Now I'm taking a supper. Away with the Christians. Tonight. Ah, the guy, him, he was focused. When they all went back home, the guy goes to the high priest saying, Give me letters. Run away. I want to go find them and bring them back. And he describes this. I want you to see Philippians three. Is somebody getting something? Verse six, when he describes his life. Philippians 3, verse 6. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law of blameless. You read the whole portion to get a better understanding. Describing how he was raised, and the guy said if there's a guy who was zealous, it was me. Except zeal was directed towards persecuting the church. You may have come here and you've had misdirected zeal. You're busy up using those evangelism skills one guy has just told himself every year I will date 10 girls and you find, I'm telling you and find the guy gets girls who everyone is saying this one, this one is holy this one can't do this that one is saying that's the one and the guy maneuvers his way around Maneuvers his way, gets her to break her principle. I'm telling you, afterwards she's satisfied, and he goes to the next person. And those evangelism skills. Imagine how much evangelism that person can do. Why can say that person who looks like the old. and I'm not saying convert, disciple, and marry. I'm just saying evangelize in generally. The people who are zealous for the wrong thing. You find somebody can just say, I will try to get that person's husband. I will find a way. I, I'm not talking about things I haven't seen. I've seen cases where someone tells someone, threatens them. I've, I've seen this more than five, six times. More than five, six times. Where someone threatens him and says, I hope you know I'm going to get your husband. You've never seen that? No, I'm talking about literal confrontations. In case some of us think pastoring is just preaching, you can get a real shock. Let, let me not reveal things I have seen. I've seen cases where someone has literally come and told me, um, Pastor, I decided I was going to use, I, I, I remember I think I was 16 by then, when I received the call saying, I really need to repent. The person came to see me and said, look, me, it is a certain person's husband I wanted, I went and got charms. I just had to get them. What are you zealous about? Where have you set your affections? Is it on the wrong thing? There are others who are zealous about making it at all costs. As long as they pass as long as they get that job, and you notice that this is the zeal. Some of you wonder how can people fight another person because they belong to a different political party. It's that zeal. It's that zeal. So it can be positive. It can be negative. Now most of what we'll be talking about, of course, will be the right one. But I had to mention that So that in case you've misdirected your zeal, today we'll redirect it. Praise the Lord. You know one of the other ways of misdirecting zeal? Revenge. Revenge is a misdirection of zeal. Can I tell you another one? Anger. Anger. Be careful with those things. Anger. You have to be careful with anger. The thing about anger is that The Bible acknowledges that as long as you're a human being, it's possible to get angry. But then for them to say, be angry and sin not. In short, it's easier to sin when you're angry than when you're joyful. Think about this. Here is someone angry at someone. What gets them to think that if I'm to punch that person and the person bleeds, I'll be happy? And that's why anger is one of the most deceitful emotions Can you imagine somebody right now who's seated in prison and they're thinking why did I get so angry over a small issue and I got a knife? It's a very deceiving emotion. It deceives you that if you fulfill it, you'll be happy. Then it laughs at you. Imagine how can a person think that if they meet another person and the person is crying, they'll be happy revenge revenge is too high for you. it's too big for you leave it for god like revenge is so delicate that god says it's mine like leave, leave vengeance alone it's too delicate okay so you can be zealous for the wrong thing and if at any point in your life you find yourself being zealous for the wrong thing Get cancer. Get help. Get help. Also, especially if you don't appropriate your zeal properly. By that I mean there are certain things and you see as we go on, it's okay to want certain things, but to want it at all costs is another thing. If someone says, for me, come what may, within 2 weeks i should be married no listen to me i'm i'm talking about things that are going on that woman who had five husbands and the one she was living with was not even a husband do you think she wanted that you may be you may be laughing at someone and saying that person has had children from nine people. You think they wanted that? You have to be careful how you direct your zoom. People who are, somebody keeps doing shady business deals before they know it, locked up. Probably didn't want that. They probably wanted to make it. And they thought, okay, if I do one, then I do two, then I do three, then I'll clean my act. Always make time to introspect. Recheck your motives. Praise God. For example, I want a big church. I I, I do, actually. Just in case you're thinking I'm one of those who says, no, it is not about me. (laughs) Ask these guys how I'm on them with statistics. When God was calling me, I saw people. I didn't see chairs. I don't like preaching to chairs. I don't like preaching to chairs. Seeing all of you, can't you see the way it's even flowing? Praise God. <laughs> but then if you are to want it at all costs, you know what you'll do? You'll start campaigning other churches. You'll start de-advertising. you lose your ethics. So ensure that everything that you're pursuing, you pursue it with a clean heart and with the right motive. Those are moments where, if I was preaching in the U.S., I would have clapped. Everything you pursue, pursue it with the right heart. Another thing I must mention though, and please get me, you know, uh, there's a lot more I wanted to say today, but there's a lot more I wanted to say today, but I would rather stick to where the Spirit of God is leading me. Can I show you something? Are you sure you're ready for it? Now, I don't mean this in Second Corinthians 7, verse 1 and 2. Here's another way you can misappropriate I just want to show you an example of something. Verse 1. Therefore, having these, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, Perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. This is your responsibility. It's our responsibility to do this. Learn to cleanse yourself. Praise God. Let's go on. Open your hearts to us. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have cheated no one. That's possible. Now, this is the same Paul who we're from reading about, who when he was so, He persecuted the church. And then afterwards, he's writing to a church saying, open your doors for us. We've not corrupted anyone. We've not cheated anyone. We've wronged no one. Let me tell you one reason why Paul was able to feel his ministry. He truly understood what it meant to be a new creation. He understood the sanctification of God and all those things. Because if you're not careful, in every letter the Apostle Paul would have been writing, explaining to them, Look, guys, I know I was a bad guy at first, but I've changed now. I know I made that mistake, but I've changed now, and all those things. Now, let me tell you why I'm saying that. And please, not the purity of heart with which I'm saying it with. I'm saying, Don't be stupid. I'm not saying uh, you can't look back and think, Okay, that was wrong, that was wrong, that was wrong. But then the moment it develops into a system of regret. Regret has got power to suck energy from today and focus it on yesterday. It doesn't produce zeal for life. It doesn't produce energy. And so you find here is someone who lives their whole life feeling they have to explain for that issue that they did when they were 16. The Bible says, if any man falls into trespass, those who are spiritual should restore such a one. In short, even if we find an issue with someone, our aim must always be to restore, not to remind, but to restore. Now, what am I trying to say? If you live the rest of your life with the zeal to prove to all your haters that you finally made it, your struggle. And the haters are never satisfied. No, I'm telling you, if, if that's if you actually have them, they are really never satisfied. There like people who are just not happy with anything. I remember the, uh, when I went to, uh, to minister for the first time. And for me, it was a big deal. It was my first time on the plane. I, it's not my fault, it was my first time traveling. Eh? So I was excited and well, I, I did what I do best. I went into my comfort zone. I was reading the Bible. And when I went to the airport, the first thing I did was buy six Bibles. And when I went to have lunch, I gave the waitress a tip, which was a Bible. <laughs> Guys, I was on fire. <laughs> and every time I go to an airport, the first thing I check were Bibles. Okay, I'm chocolate. So, uh, I hope you didn't hear the last part. <laughs> now I wrote something on Facebook because the Lord had communicated something to me so I said when I was on my flight to South Africa oh my goodness the Hey, just because you're flying but then previously I'd written a note on the Holy Spirit some of you read it and that note started with when I was on a bus no one complained (laughs) I didn't know (laughs) No, I was allowed to talk about the encounter on the bus, but I wasn't allowed to talk about the one on the plane. <laughs> now, on the other hand, let me say something. There are people who experience a lot of doubt, to be honest. Uh, some of us probably doubted the first time we came and saw, mm. so this is what they're talking about. Some of us may have doubted because of age or any of those things. I found ministry more fulfilling when I'm just simply doing my job and not trying so hard to prove the doubters wrong. And in the first days, especially when I used to try very hard, and maybe you've never been there, when I used to try very hard to prove the doubters wrong, I would find myself talking a certain way, you know? Like sometimes you talk about things you really secretly admire. Sometimes I would type things on Facebook, hey! Hey! I may not have a PhD in theology. That doesn't mean I can't teach. There was no reason to mention not having a PhD. just appreciate it. No, only is I had no reason to mention that. I may not be... it. I don't know why I used to talk like that. You know, sometimes I look back and I realize, no, no, they are trying to prove something. You're probably being a bit insecure. And those honest appraisals really help. And... Here is the interesting thing. The moment you remove that side, you can actually find yourself in a position where those who are doing better than you, you can get help from them. Those who are similar with you, you can steer up and help each other. And those who are below you, you can lift them. Remove that thing. Praise God. Don't be zealous to prove yourself. I will show this family I will show all those who abandoned us. They will know that I didn't need them. They will know. That one will never satisfy. And t- they will see that I can get a degree. I'm telling you, it will hurt you more that afterwards I will start saying, you yes, are getting a degree, you don't even have a master's. It will hurt you more. They will say that they can marry a man. They will ask about a child. After the child, they will ask, your, your friend has twins. Or, I'm telling you. Or they will come and say, what if you got in a child so Others, at least they wait a bit so they work on their life. A person who's decided not to agree with you will just never agree. Or perhaps you may be in a position where you made a mistake. Maybe there are people who see you a certain way. Maybe your family sees you a certain way. They are always comparing you to someone. Maybe they always think, ah, that's... Listen. Give yourself room to still be the best of you. Do what you can. Listen. If you wronged someone, for example, do what you can. Ask for forgiveness where you need to. The Bible says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. But at the end of the day, liberate yourself from living for them. You can still enjoy God's best. There are many people in the Bible who made mistakes and enjoyed God's best. Let's accept it. Peter made a mistake. He denied Jesus. He still became the chief. If someone says, ah, the same person who's talking about Peter, the fact of the matter and he denied him well in ministry. The fact of the matter is Jesus and Peter made peace. I'm not saying develop that attitude of as long as God and I are okay. No, no. Do your best to be at peace with everyone. But don't go beyond what you can handle. You'll struggle. (laughs) Praise God. So don't misdirect your zeal in that way. Like, wait, somehow you just have to be the one. I've met people who have got such little money and are buying all their clothes from the biggest designer where? Because they're proving a point. There are others who, now listen, I'm not speaking against this, listen, so that you get the context. You find somebody's using all their money on Brazilian, right? To impress gentlemen who can't even tell the difference between Brazilian and Camoan, right? <laughs> I'm telling you. If you knew, till date I can't tell what's Peruvian and what's... Gentlemen, you care? The majority can't. Or, they are doing it to impress a certain girl who doesn't even like them. They don't even like each other. What's my point? If you put on Brazilian, do it out of freedom. Not because you are in bondage to impress a person. <laughs> Living your life out of freedom is really good. There are people at workplaces right now in the corporate world who are living... It's, it's a sad sight. Their salary is on a receipt. They don't get to touch any money because they just had to get a loan because they had to get that car. Uh, they didn't get an affordable one. No, they had to get that car because that other one also got that car. That other one also got that car. That's freedom. And then, just when you're finalizing, paying back the loan, your other colleague buys another car. (laughs) Ask ask anyone who's in the corporate world right now. People are living on receipts. As in the 30th, it's been depressing for them. They hate the 30th because they just receive a receipt. I've had I've had people come in my office and say, please pray for me if you knew the debt. I mean, I've, I, I've gotten to, I remember one time I, I was thinking, maybe it's just something small. And I asked, oh my goodness, the hundreds of thousands I heard. I asked, how did that happen? The person said, I don't even know. What did you use it for? I don't even know. I've got a good job. I've got a good salary. I've got a good home. I know those things. But I just, it's like they just had to have it. They had to have it. It wasn't even for a need. They just had to have it. That's called covetousness. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to direct your zero world. I don't know if you can tell that this series is going to be something else. Can you tell? Let me see. I have time for one more point. You would like one last point. But I already did my big finish. So when I do the how many of you can tell, you'll have to clap again. Is that a deal? (laughs) Hey, is that a deal? (laughs) So, the next point. The regulator of zeal is knowledge. Regulator of zeal is knowledge. Listen, there are many things which people think are bad, which are not. But it's the right kind of knowledge. eh? Can I show you from the scriptures? Here's a question. Is it wrong to want to be the greatest? I want you to think about that. Is it actually wrong to want to be somebody's greatest pastor? Or is it really wrong? Mark 10. Mark 10, verse forty-two, forty-three, somewhere there. let start from 41. Uh-huh. Are we there? And when they heard it, James and John asked to sit next to Jesus in the kingdom. I think their mother asked. They began to be greatly displeased with James and John. huh. But Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. Uh-huh. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to be great among you shall be your servant. So the desire for greatness is not the problem. It's your definition of what being great is. So, someone may be seated here and they're saying, wow, I desire that also me one day, I should be a deacon. There's actually nothing wrong with that desire. It depends on what you want to use it for. Someone may be saying, I want to be a deacon so that I should tell that person, hey, do that! Or are they saying, "I I want to be a deacon because I will have the freedom and perhaps more liberty and authority to be able to serve people better. So that when I see a problem, I can easily stand up and go help with it because I've got the position or authority to do so. You find that there's a difference in knowledge. One person may want numbers because they really... You know, you can use the word of God deceitfully, according to the scriptures. You can literally handle the word of God deceitfully because they really think, if I have more numbers... I'll be the one. And then this, is Another person may be thinking, this message is too big. It's too good. It can't be contained by just 300. This one needs the whole world. This message is too big. Praise God. Let's look at one or two scriptures. Romans 10 verse 2. And he's talking about them, the Israelites, and he's saying For bear witness with them that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Can you imagine somebody can climb all the way up on a mountain, not that there's anything wrong with it, but they can climb all the way up and spend 10 hours in prayer, praying the wrong thing. Praying the wrong prayer. Zeal is there but not according to knowledge. So knowledge is the perfect regulator for it. Praise God. You can have three or four cars all having the same top speed, but one has been made in such a way that it's more stable. Proverbs 19 and verse 2. I want the... Proverbs 19, verse 2, let me see which version I want. Do we have the Beresian study Bible? (laughs) Do we have the BSB? Do we? Do we have the Okay, we can use the good news. And perhaps use the good news. The good news version. A synonym for zeal is used there, but I would like us to read it. Do we have it? Do we have the good news? Can we see the NIV. NIV. One, two, three, read. Add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. It is not good to have zeal without knowledge. They say it's not good to have zeal, but to have it without knowledge can be a challenge. You can start things you're not supposed to start. You can go where you're not supposed to go. So knowledge actually helps direct your zeal to the right things. And the knowledge of God would direct your zeal to godly things. It's not good for zeal to have zeal without knowledge. Praise the Lord. That's something you must take very keen interest in. But if I was to leave you with one more point, you asked for one more. And let me leave you with this scripture. Can I leave you with two? I want you to understand something. Divine destiny cannot be fulfilled without zeal. I'll show you two verses Isaiah, chapter 37 and verse 32. You want to fulfill design, divine destiny, zeal is important. Isaiah chapter 37 and verse 32. Praise the Lord. Why Yeah, version is okay. The Bible says, for out of Jerusalem, out of Lusaka, I <laughs> said out of Zambia, Come on, out of Africa will come a remnant. You know those who've decided not to bow down. You know those who've decided not to compromise their ways. You know those who've decided to go the right way, the narrow path. And it says, and out of Mount Zion, a band of survivors, the zeal of the Lord of mighty will accomplish this. Notice the word accomplish. Now, let's look at what the Bible says about Jesus' ministry. Isaiah 9. Oh my goodness, I feel like preaching now. <laughs> Isaiah 9. I want us to read from verse 5. <laughs> let's start from verse 3 somewhere there. Let's start from uh, verse one, New King James. <laughs> okay, verse two. I hope you are reading. There yeah, are some who read loud. I want you to. Just, I hope you'll be able to see who it's talking about. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Ah, this is not the way you celebrate for the right? word. And it says, those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them light has shined. Uh Uh-huh. Verse 3. You have multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They, hey, imagine God has increased its joy. May the Lord increase joy in your life. They rejoice before you according to the joy of their harvest. As men rejoice when they divide the stream. Uh-huh. For you have broken the yoke of his burden. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, this is the prophetic word for you. It says, You have broken the yoke of his burden. How has the joy increased? The yoke of the burden has been broken. You will notice when we go on, on how zeal for life reduces. Usually yoke of burden. But I tell you, I tell you, this very moment, that yoke of burden has been broken in the name of Jesus. And the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. Praise God. You remember when Moses said, Oh, you guys have been you guys have been mistreating these women, not anymore, not when I'm here. Remember that, when he went to tap water for... Anyways, let's go. For every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and every garment frozen in blood will be used for burning and the fuel of fire. In short, they'll actually have rest. Even the warriors will have rest. Even that one who's been saying, everything in my life is a battle. For me to get anything, it's a battle. To enter school was a battle. Just to stay, them one was a battle. Then they lost my results. Semester two, another battle. Again, this and this happened, it's a battle. My CV to be taken, it's a battle. The Lord is bringing rest. Now, let's see how this is done. Why is this the case? Aha. Uh-huh. For unto us a jump boy Ha ha ha. Whoa! And unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful. Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Let's read verse 7 together. Of the increase of his government. And peace, there will be no end. Wait there. Wait there. That shows you something. We're going to read it in totality, but when you read it, you'll notice that we are being shown the secret to Jesus' increase and also the secret to his permanent results. Let's read it again. Aha. Of the increase, come on, let's read it. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I don't know how you can stay in your seats reading this last part. How will this be done? One, two, three, read it. The seal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Woo! hey yeah. This is how I know you will fulfill destiny. This is how I know you will increase. This is how I know that you will stand on trials. This is how I know results in your life will be permanent. Because there is a secret weapon. Hey, there is a weapon Satan can't fight. There is a weapon the world can't handle. The Bible says the zeal of the Lord of hosts. Praise the Lord. And by the time we're done with this series, the Lord is setting you up to be ever aglow, ever burning. There'll be no lack of zeal in your life. Praise the Lord. Take your seats. Let me show you. Let me show you. No. No. You can dream again. You can dream again. You can dream again. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. I want you to close your eyes for a minute. I want you to think of those dreams again. I want you to think of them again. Joshua 14 verse 7. Joshua 14 verse 7. I want you to see it. You can open your eyes and see it. Bible says I was 40 years old when Moses the servant of the Lord sent me from Kadesh Bane to spy out the land and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart Uh nevertheless my brethren went up with me and made the heat of the people melt but I wholly followed the Lord my God I don't know how old you were when the Lord began impressing certain passions on your heart. I don't know how... I, I don't know at which stage of your life there are certain dreams you have. I don't know when you thought, well, it would be a good idea to one day have an orphanage. I don't know when you thought it would be a good idea to do my part, to end, to fight for righteousness, to fight for just causes. I don't know when that was. And I also don't know what has happened in between. I don't know what has happened to discourage you in that time. But I want you to see this. Verse 10 and 11. This gentleman was 40 years old. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. There's a reason 2020 didn't consume. There's a reason this year hasn't finished you off. There's a reason it may have thrown punches, but oh my goodness, the Lord has kept you alive. And it says, as he said these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, woe well, is wandered in the wilderness. And even now, here I am to this day, 85 years old. But look at the next verse. And yet I am as strong this day as on the day Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war. Both for going out and for coming in. Listen, remember fire. Remember that passion. When you first had that encounter, there will be no lack. There will be no lack. For some of us, this is that day of encounter. You will live a life where there is no lack. the name of Jesus. Every eye closed and I want you to focus. Focus on purpose. Focus on destiny. And take a bit of time and just begin to pray. You pray in line with your destiny. Confess. Train yourself that you're never lagging in zeal. But as you're doing so, before you get a bit louder, I would like to ask if there's anyone here who's not born again. If there's anyone here who's not given their life to Christ. Perhaps perhaps you may be in that category of people who think, maybe God wouldn't accept me. Maybe you're in that category, that started off right, but everything just went very wrong. Listen, God wants to give you an opportunity to be the best version of yourself. And for that to happen, you need to be born again. So if you're here and you're saying, Apostle, help me, I want to give my life to the Lord. Or perhaps I went astray and I've come back. I want you to raise your hand. Let me see your hands. I'll give you a moment. Just raise it high. If you're in that category, raise your hand high. Ask yourself to me if you see any hand. Even if it's one person, I'll do it for you. Because it's important that we're all saved. If anyone who's saying, Apostle, I want to give my life to Christ today. Raise your hand high and wave it. Okay, are we all saved? Okay, wonderful. Wonderful, we must be doing our jobs. Okay, take time to pray. Take time to pray. Just take a moment to pray. Say in the name of Jesus, I'm never lagging in zeal. Say in the name of Jesus, I receive strength on the inside. I receive divine energy. Come on, just begin to pray. Begin to pray. You are strengthened. You are strengthened. You are strong. You are strong. Perhaps you've had burdens that you've been carrying leave those burdens they are too heavy for you tell the lord lord i give you these burdens i give you these sorrows give those burdens to the lord take his burden his burden is light; his yoke is easy i decree and declare declare the name of jesus any yoke any yoke that you've been carrying on your back any yoke that you've been carrying I declare destroyed, any yoke through negative words that have been spoken, they lose their influence today, any yoke of condemnation, any yoke of condemnation, I decree and declare that the voice of the enemy is silenced, the voice of the enemy is silenced, yes you can make it, yes you can do it. Yes, you can be big. Yes. Yes, you can grow. Yes, you can make it. There is renewed energy. They that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount upon wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Blessed is the man whose hope is in the Lord. Blessed is the man whose hope is in the Lord. It shall be like a tree that is planted by rivers whose leaves never wither. You are the... Man who shall not know when heat comes, Sete Oh, hey, hey, hey. oh it's, burning. it's burning, it's burning, it's burning, it's burning the zeal of the Lord. Oh, it's the zeal of the Lord. Lift your hands and just allow him. It's burning. It's burning. It's burning. It's burning. The seal of the Lord. Just allow the spirit. It's burning. It's burning. It's burning. It's burning. It's burning. Suddenly you have energy again suddenly you have life again you have burning, life again it's have burning, hope again it's burning, everyone pray everyone pray burning, times burning, of refreshment times of refreshment Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your people. Lord, I speak as their priest this blessing over them. That Lord, they prosper. That Lord, they succeed. May they never lack in with you. Anything that's been sucking out energy from their life, I pray in Jesus' name in miracle. Thank you, Lord, for blessing them, for preserving them, and for keeping them. In Jesus' name. And now, may the grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the intimate communion of the holy spirit be with us all surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we will dwell in the house of the lord
0: a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on zero triple seven nine three zero eight eight two. 930882 If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com